0: coming up on stew does america as expected the mainstream media had a thoughtful and balanced response to last night's first presidential debate (laughs) Uh, just kidding they're awful and blaze tv's media critic rob eno is here to walk us through it and brian sack host of questionable material with jack and brian the podcast of course returns to the program to give us his take on last night's whatever the hell that was I can't thank you enough for tuning in to our live debate commentary last night on our YouTube channel. We added tons of subscriptions, but let's not slow down now. It's not the time. If you haven't already, go ahead and smack that little bell icon that gives you notifications whenever we post content. You won't regret it and keep those five-star reviews coming on iTunes. It's been a while, but I do read them at the end of the show. Maybe today will be your day to be read on the air, your review live well, probably not. I mean, honestly, what are the odds of it being you? Probably very low. And hopefully last night convinced you that you need a Blaze TV account. I mean, how else are you going to experience the full dumpster fire that is the 2020 election? Just head to blazetv.com slash stew and be sure to use the promo code stu because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save $10. bucks. i have done the impossible for you tonight. I've narrowed down last night's debate into the most incredibly awful parts of an almost entirely awful whole. Let's do the five worst debate moments.
1: Stew does America.
0: What was that last night? What a cluster. I mean, that legitimately was unbelievable. I couldn't hear anything. There was times I just... Everybody in the room seemed to be talking, 20, 30 people. I don't even know. They're all talking all over each other. And look, you know, I think as people who sit here and listen to news coverage every single night and follow this stuff closely, you really want to be able to hear what these candidates will say, even when, you know. With Joe Biden, it could easily be about squirrels or or, you know, goldfish crackers or whatever the heck he'd be talking about. I'd like to hear it. And because everyone was all over each other, it was difficult to take in. I really did not think it was a a very good debate. I feel like we're going to get a little bit more, hopefully, out of the next couple. But let's look back. I think everyone kind of agrees it was a little bit of a dumpster fire. So let's look at the five worst moments from the debate. And this was very difficult to narrow it down took me 24 straight hours of hard work to narrow this down to five, starting with the fifth fifth worst moment of the debate. This is, of course, the Green New Deal.
2: The Green New Deal will pay for itself as we move forward. We're not going to build plants that, in fact, are great polluting plants. So do you We're support build the re- Green New Deal? P- pardon me? Do you support? No, I don't support the Green oh, New Deal. I- I- oh, you don't. Oh, you don't. Trump's
0: great there. That is News. He doesn't support the Green New Deal. Well, think about this for a minute. The Green New Deal is something that's going to cost a fortune. It's going to remake our entire economy. It's got tons of other social projects uh, layered on top of it that have nothing to do with being green. So if you didn't support the Green New Deal, why would you pick one of its co-sponsors as your running mate? It seems to be an odd choice. Of course, Kamala Harris is an actual co-sponsor of the Green New Deal. And why does it say on your website, josephrobinettbidenjr.com? I'm sure that's a site. Uh, I mean, if you look at it, it says right on your site that you support the Green New Deal. Here's the quote. Biden believes the Green New Deal is a crucial framework for meeting the climate uh, challenges that we face. It powerfully captures two basic truths, which are at the core of his plan. Number One, the United States urgently needs to embrace greater ambition. <laughs> I mean, could there be a le- could there be a phrase that means less than embracing greater ambition that means nothing on an epic scale to meet the scope of this challenge. Oh yes, and number two, our environment and our economy are completely and totally connected now, I guess you can argue he 's technically only saying that he supports the framework of the Green New Deal. But honestly, that's bad enough because the worst part of this clip is not the fact that he says he supports it on his You know, he says he doesn't support it, but he does support it on his website It's that he says it will pay for itself, which it most certainly will not. As Trump repeatedly mentioned, the Green New Deal could cost 100 trillion dollars Where did he get this estimate? Well, friend of the show and frequent guest on this program, Brian Riedel, an economist from the Manhattan Institute. Here's his back of the envelope math that he tweeted a few months ago. Trying to cost out the Green New Deal before getting before getting to the green policies. There's a call for single payer health care. Thirty two trillion dollars. A jobs guarantee. Seven trillion dollars. What looks like a universal basic income for poor people, $5 trillion. Education, family leave, job training, retirement security, et cetera, $2 trillion. So $46 trillion before any of the green policies start. He continues, how do we, co- how do we cost replacing 250 million gas vehicles? He writes $7 trillion maybe? I don't know. Killing most of 200,000 aircraft. I, replacing military jets. High-speed rail everywhere, upgrading and replacing 120 million buildings. All the research and development, installing renewables everywhere. No idea how to cost that, he says. But we must be heading toward $100 trillion. As background, CBO projects a total of GDP of $263 trillion over the next decade, of which about $75 trillion is already earmarked for federal, state, and local government spending. So that leaves $188 trillion of private GDP available for everything else. Now, look, it's admittedly a mess, an estimate, but the first $46 trillion is pretty rock solid. And Brian is no—he's not just making up numbers here. This is a guy who, for a living, looks at these things and tries to figure out how much they cost. And I know for a fact that $46 trillion takes a bunch of left-wing estimates. I and mean, he was on this show talking about the jobs guarantee could be way more than $7 trillion. I mean, that's a really low in, uh, estimate for that particular program. If you have a building, let's just say, that cost $100 trillion, How much does the framework cost? It's pretty expensive, right? Now, what's amazing about this moment is there's no follow-up at all to force Biden to explain this in any detail. Again, another failure I felt by Chris Wallace last night. It It was a rough night for Chris. Our next clip has both the number four and the number three worst moments from the debate inside of it. Okay. Antifa? 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 I always think Antifa... Because it's anti-fascist, right? So anti. It should be anti-fa. Shouldn't it be anti-fa? Why don't we say anti-fa? We're going to say anti-fa for
3: at least the rest of this segment. Anti-fa and white supremacy. You have repeatedly we, criticized the the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups yeah. and to say yeah. that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, but do it? Well, I, would ahead, say,
1: I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what are you what, are you, you look, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say, say it. it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them what do you want to call them give me a name? Give me a Whites name of White supremacists and would right would like white proud, proud boy. Boy. Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about
2: Antifa and the left, because this is not a
1: right-wing problem, this is, is a left-wing
2: This is a left-wing problem. I'm a white supremacist. Go ahead, Antifa's an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. be Not militia. <laughs> That's what <laughs> his right. an idea. FBI, his okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, we're then, gonna, you know we're what? No, He's no, we're done, we're done, sir.
0: I, I, I could go off on this for the rest of the show. I I can't I can't even describe it. There are massive problems with this particular uh, segment. These two worst moments of the debate are both on the shoulders of Chris Wallace. First of all, seriously, do we really need Trump to denounce white supremacy again? What has this been? Eight hundred times? Here's a quick taste of a few of them.
1: There must be no tolerance for anti-Semitism in America or for any form of religious or racial hatred. We are a country that stands united in condemning hate and evil in all of its very ugly forms. We want our country to be a place where every child from every background can grow up free from fear, innocent of hatred, and surrounded by love, opportunity, and hope. Racism is evil, mm-hmm. and those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs. Why won't you denounce including it? Including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, Why won't you denounce and it? other hate groups that are repugnant to everything we hold dear as Americans.
0: He won't even denounce them. Why wouldn't he say white supremacist? I didn't hear it in there except for the several times. Um, To be clear, Trump does immediately agree to denounce white supremacists. He does it twice in the clip, arguably three times. Let me give you this. This is uh, this is the transcript of the actual debate. Chris Wallace says, are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups? He says, sure. So that's one. He's immediately agreeing. Chris Wallace goes on to, to, to describe the idea further, telling people that they have to stand down from the violence in a number of cities like Kenosha and what we've seen in Portland. And Trump says, sure, I'm willing to do that. I would say that's the second time he's done it goes on towards the end here. He says, so what are you, what are you saying? He says, I will do, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see peace. So he's saying, I think over and over again, arguably three times there that he he denounces it. And even if he didn't do it here, he's done it a million times already. And even if you think he actually loves white supremacy, would he really pick a presidential debate to send a message to white supremacists? He's already on record saying they suck endless times, but he wants to change that in front of 100 million people five weeks before an election. Really? There's this whole conspiracy theory where QAnon believes he's communicating from the White House. He could just do that and send a message to white supremacists. Why would he do it on stage? And as far as the stand back part of the quote. Sean Kamek at the Narratives Project lays this out pretty well. The president said, Proud boys stand back and stand by. To many, stand by means at the ready. That is to say, the president was telling a right-wing street gang to prepare. But on the right, some are saying that stand by was merely a misspeak, emphasizing the stand back part of the sentence. The two interpretations emerging today are, one, stand back and get ready, you evil right-wingers. And number two, stand back and stand down. Now, I caught something as I was watching this again that I didn't even pick up the first time I watched it, which is Chris Wallace. Because spe- I, I was like, why is he saying stand by back and stand by? That doesn't it's a weird way of phrasing that. I wasn't sure what he was going for until I realized that Chris Wallace specifically puts similar language in the question he asked. I'm going to read this to you one more time. He says, are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacist and militia groups? Trump says, Sure and to say that they need to stand down and to not add to the violence in a number of these cities in Kenosha as we've seen in Portland. And then Trump says, yeah, stand back, stand by. Now he doesn't say stand down, but the idea that he meant the exact opposite of everything else he said previously is insanity. This is obviously a reach and not true. And there's no reason to believe that even if Donald Trump was some secret white supremacist, he would all of a sudden reverse his policy of denouncing them for months and months and months and months to switch gears in the middle of a presidential debate a few weeks before an election. It's insane. Did Trump express this perfectly? I mean, no. A better answer would be, I denounce white supremacy in all of its forms, period, full stop. Now, why can't we get the same thing from Joe Biden about Antifa? or anti fa That's the other thing on this uh, stupid list from this one sound bite. If you're Chris Wallace, how on earth can you make a big deal about Trump denouncing white supremacy for the zillionth time, while mentioning that Biden has not denounced Antifa or anti fa and then completely skip even asking Biden if he will denounce Antifa by name? Or the parts of Black Lives Matter that are trying to destroy the nuclear family. Why does Trump have to answer for the Proud Boys, but Biden doesn't have to answer for Antifa or anti-fa? This one is like, I, I, I couldn't believe he didn't follow up on this one and say, okay, Joe, look, we just asked Don about this thing. What do you got on Antifa or anti-fa?" If one is fair and just, it's inexcusable, honestly, to not do both. A terrible job here by Chris Wallace. That's why he gets two right in a row.
2: The number two worst moment of the debate, Charlottesville. Close your eyes. Remember what those people look like coming out of the fields carrying torches, their veins bulging, spewing, just spewing anti-Semitic bile and accompanied by the Ku Klux Klan. A young woman got killed. And they asked the president what he thought. He said there were very fine people on both sides. No president has ever Finish said anything statement. like that. Finish. Oh
0: my God. First of all, I don't know what sputing is, but I don't want to know either. Okay, look, I get that the very fine people thing has turned into the greatest gaffe of all time. And I'm sure in a quiet moment, Trump would admit to himself that he'd love to have it back so he could phrase it differently. I'm sure that's true. But let me stare, state this clearly with 100% certainty. Donald Trump was definitely not saying he thought there were good white supremacists marching with torches. And as Joe Biden awkwardly remembers with such vivid detail, veins bulging. In fact, this one is so common and so important to blow uh, out of the water once and for all. I can't do it here in like a minute. Remind me, t- tomorrow, can we, uh, can we do an entire monologue on this? I want to do a monologue on just the stupid, very fine people on both sides thing. I'm so sick of hearing about it. The facts are very clear when you look at them. We're going to do a whole monologue on that tomorrow. Join me tomorrow for a complete destruction of the very fine people narrative on Donald Trump. Uh, same place, same time. We'll do it right here. Now, the number one worst moment of this entire debate is this court packing.
3: Mr. Vice President, if Senate Republicans, we were talking originally about the Supreme Court here, if Senate Republicans go ahead and confirm Justice Barrett, uh, there has been talk about ending the filibuster or even packing the court, adding to the nine justices there. You call this a distraction by the president, but in fact, it wasn't brought up by the president. It was brought up by some of your Democratic colleagues in in the Congress. So my question to you is you have refused in the past to talk about it. Are you willing to tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court? Whatever
2: position I take in that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how strongly you, strong you feel. Court? Let vote now. Are you going to pack the Make court? sure you in fact let people know your senator. I'm not going to answer the question Why because you answer that because, question? because the you
1: question is the question Supreme is court Justice, the just is radical left. Will you shut up. On, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This Who's is Who's on your so list, right. gentlemen?
3: I think we've ended this
1: We have not going to give a We have
3: ended this segment. We're going to move on to the second segment. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was a productive
0: segment there, Joe. Thanks for pointing that out. But this starts with actually a good question from Chris Wallace and one that has to be asked. But when the hell did we send up these new rules? You're in a presidential debate. You're running for office. Since when do you get to basically say, I'm not going to answer because no matter what I say, people will make a big deal out of it. Yeah, they will. Excuse me? First of all, if, if you're not going to say anything, I mean, this is unbelievable. If you say you're not going to do these radical things, then it's not a big deal at all. It's not going to be a big blow up of an idea if you just say, no, no, I'm not going to do those things. Those things would be ridiculous. We just continue our system of government as is in that scenario. If you just say, well, actually, no, I'm not I'm not going to pack the court or destroy the filibuster. I'm not going to tear down these institutions Then it couldn't possibly be a big deal to swing voters. You shouldn't have to worry about it. He doesn't answer it because the answer is clearly yes, he is going to do these things. And this isn't some rumor about what sexual position Hunter Biden conceived his love child with a stripper. This is a policy question, a huge policy question. And we're supposed to be voting for you completely blind on this issue. Uh, Will you fundamentally change the court and the Senate for your own benefit the second you get in office? Uh, Well, gee, I'm not sure. You're just going to have to vote for me and find out. (laughs) You're going to have to pass the law to find out what's in the law. And somehow, again, again, Chris Wallace lets him get away with it. What the hell are we supposed to vote for? If one of the parties gets to act like a massive development in the very structure of our government lives in some sort of mystery box, since when is this a thing? How do you not follow up on this? If there is one journalist left in the world, this has to be asked of biden over and over and over again until he gives an answer it should be a precondition of whether you even book the guy for an interview they tried to follow up with kamala harris yesterday watch
3: his answer on court packing adding more justices to the court just sounds like a straight up dodge why won't he talk about what he wants to do what he thinks should happen well, I think he's very clear, John, which is that he is focused, as we all should be, on the next 35 days. Huh? And he is focused on, one, the process um, by which we're even having the conversation about the United States Supreme Court. What the
0: hell kind of answer is that? He, I think he's been very clear that he's focused on the next 35 days. This is a policy he's he's running for president of the United States. And he's saying he's going to change the very, possibly change the the, the makeup of the Supreme Court and to eliminate a, a historic thing like the filibuster. He won't answer the question. And the answer is, well, he's focused on the next 35 days. We know he is. That's the problem. Again, they're trying to hide their position on one of the biggest issues, issues in this campaign. The media, if they want to hold on to one shred of credibility, absolutely must hammer them on this every single day until they give an answer every day, every interview. It's completely inexcusable. And that's why it is our number one uh, entry on our list of the worst moments of the worst debate in American history. I just can't even take it. I want to tell you about Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company won't lie to you like this. They'll tell you what they have. They have a variety of roast profiles from light, medium, and dark. They're all sourced from around the world through a rigorous process and roasted in the United States. What do they do? I just told you. I didn't hide it. I didn't have to say, well, I don't know, buy some Black Rifle Coffee and we'll see if you get coffee or you get fish tanks. I don't know. The best way to enjoy Black Rifle Coffee is through the Coffee Club. It is a free subscription where your chosen coffee is roasted, packaged and shipped free to your door on your schedule. Do you know what it is? Do you know what the the Black Rifle Coffee Club is? Yeah, because I told you about it before you bought it. Unlike Joe Biden, who's doing the opposite. You'll also receive special discounted pricing and gain access to exclusive products, members-only content, partner discounts, and more. Purchase your ca- coffee at blackriflecoffee.com stew and make sure to use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Why would you use the promo code stew? I just told you. That's how you know. Uh, that's how they know that you like the stupid show, and you'll get twenty percent off your first purchase. It's blackriflecoffee.com/stew. Use the promo code Stew. Get your twenty percent off. They're telling you in advance. You don't have to try it and then see if it's actually true or not. It is true. Blackriflecoffee.com/stew. I'm joined now by Blaze TV's resident media critic Rob Eno and king of merch at the <laughs> Blaze. Uh, of course, if you want to get uh, a fabulous Andrew Cuomo. Is awful mug. This is, of course, uh, Rob is, and and of course, this one as well. Justin, the notorious ACB t shirt. Get it. Uh, It's end of the month, so keep pushing. Yeah, oh yeah. If you're going to
4: order you know, don't order tomorrow, order today so I can meet my monthly goals. Right. (laughs) That's (laughs) what you need to do.
0: Yeah, sure, you're supporting the Supreme Court justice and and, and all that, but help Rob out to meet his. his I want
4: coffee. Closures get coffee.
0: Exactly. Uh, StuDoesMerch.com, by the way, for all of that. Um, Okay. Chris Wallace, your review of his performance.
4: It was ridiculous. I mean, he, he showed to be the leftist that he is. He asked leading questions. He asked tougher questions of Donald Trump. It was like Donald Trump said he was debating Donald Trump. It wasn't Joe Biden debating Donald Trump. It was him debating Donald Trump. He couldn't control the two of them. He couldn't like get, you know, either of them to stop. You know, people were saying that it was Donald Trump that they kept. Interrupting Biden. Biden kept interrupting Trump, too. You know, they're both they're both guys from inner city (laughs) ethnic neighborhoods in the northeast (laughs) like me. That's how we you know, that's how we talk. You know that that's what we do. You know, they both obviously have ADD. Neither of them took their Adderall. (laughs) And, you know, we add what we had last night. What
0: did Biden take, though? Do we know?
4: I don't know. Did you see that like video that they kept like showing some sort of like?
0: Yeah. Why? I don't know what it's that was. Gotta be manipulated, I think. Yeah,
4: I think it was, but it was like hilarious to yeah, see the people. that's what always happens.
0: Um, so, because I I thought I, Wallace was, and, and this hit hit me afterward. He's probably the best one you're going to get anyway, right? Like the NM, the NBC anchors are not going to be better. Is it CBS That's the other one? I can't remember what the three networks are, yeah. but whatever it is. Chris Wallace is probably the best one you're going to get.
4: That is terrifying to me. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, I think what they should do, right, is let the two of them be up there. Put it on pay-per-view and just let them go at each other. (laughs) I I think we would get more for America Mm. if that were to happen than any of these moderators or, you know, in, in the Biden campaign would be. Terrified of it. Get Joe Rogan to debate to, to host it. Yeah, you, you know Ro- he can control those guys.
0: Yeah, our our, uh, our uh, CEO here, Tyler Carden, uh, d- uh, tweeted uh, about that and said, hey, "We know that that Joe Rogan would be better." The president retweeted it. The uh, Last I saw, it had 165 thousand likes, which is <laughs> a hell of a. Was tweet. there a
4: sub link on it? Like subscribe to late. No, I was kidding. Uh, he, he
0: should put Rob, <laughs> buy some of Rob's merch. That's what he should have put on there. Um, but that it's true. I think like it, Rogan, you know would be able to sit back and ask a question and actually let someone answer it and I think people would be respect there's something about the way he does it you know who else does that really well is Howard Stern right like, there's something about there's a certain type of personality that that, that creates positive conversation um, this was not that I mean this was this was I mean it seemed very clearly from the start Trump's uh, idea was to be aggressive and, and, and take control. Right. And Wallace wasn't going to let him do any of it. And they just started screaming at each other. I mean, I, that was I, – I, everyone's saying this, but I think it really was probably the worst debate I've ever seen.
4: Yeah, no, it, it wasn't a debate. It was just people screaming on top of each other. It was Chris Wallace trying to keep two alpha males <laughs> together yeah. and away from each other. And he should have just let them go at it. I think the American people – would have wanted to see it and it would have ended at some point in time. Yeah. They both would have stopped talking over each other. I think by continuing to stop it, you kept the energy pent up Mm -hmm. between the both of them. And, you know, Chris Wallace would stop Trump right as he was making like a very salient point. Yeah. And then he's like, no, you can't answer that anymore. And he did it to Biden a couple of times. No, you can't answer that anymore. Our our time is up. You know, don't be so rigid to the time. Be smart enough to know that you can... Yes, this is what they agreed to. Mm-hmm. They're both obviously not doing it. <laughs> All right. So let's change and do something else to to be so rigid. And these are the rules and these. What is he afraid he's never going to get to do another debate again? He's what like 76. Yeah. Is he ever going to get to do another debate again anyways? I
0: know. I, I, I thought the single worst moment by Wallace and, and honestly, in the entire debate was the part where uh, it, they asked about um, packing the court and the uh, filibuster uh, of, the, of the on the Senate. And Joe Biden's answer was basically like, yeah, like if I answer that, it's going to be a big story. So I'm not going to answer it. No follow up. Nothing. This is this is not some rumor.
4: This is a policy question, Rob. It absolutely is. I mean, the the reason he didn't answer is because, yes, of course, they're going to pack the court. (laughs) And, you know, so they're going to pack the court. And then when the Republicans get back in, they're going to pack the court and then they're going to pack the court. And eventually the Supreme Court is going to be at like Nationals Park. Like that's where the, that's where the Supreme Court is going to have to meet because there's going to be thirty four thousand Supreme Court people. I will say that sounds bad. But on the other hand, it's my only path
0: to the Supreme Court. Exactly. I, and I want to be on it. I think it'll be fun. So forty five thousand people, uh, Supreme Court, we, we, you know, set it all up. We all get gavels at our chairs at National Spark. I think it works. Um, it, it, what did you think happened? I mean, like because I, I watched it and, and, and I think there was this belief going in especially from people on the right, that Trump was going to trounce him and it was going to be such a blowout that this is the moment that Trump, you know, he's had this, you know, deficit because of coronavirus and all these other things, the economy that have gone on in the past six, seven months. This is the time he closes the gap and he makes his move and he winds up winning easily at the end. I've heard that from a million Republicans or conservatives. Uh, I didn't see that last night. Did you?
4: No, that did absolutely didn't happen. I think the problem is, is I think a lot of us in in our industry. I think a lot of the Republican talking heads, um, the president himself, thought that Joe Biden had dementia, <laughs> was not going to be able to perform, mm-hmm. and if he performed at just a little bit higher level than not having full-on dementia. Mm-hmm it was a win for him right and he did now he was platitudes and talking points and didn't want to get into specifics the the i mean completely like i was told to say i am not going to answer this question because it's about the people voting like like that that was basically his answer and he kept like like that you know you go into debate preps and that's how you keep saying it but for him to like and that was probably something that he you know that was a joeism something he wasn't supposed to say i'm not going to answer it because it's going to be the story like they probably told him in the debate thing now joe you can't answer the question (laughs) because it's going to be the story so what you should say is so what you should say is this and this and then he goes you know uh, I'm not going to answer the question because it's going to be the story. Mm. I mean, because that guy drilled it. It's like it's like when Trump with the stupid, you know, the the injecting the bleach thing, which he never said. Right. They told him about this therapy that might have worked. So he's like, I don't know, They're like you inject it.
0: Yeah. right. You know? yeah. And it's it's true, like with the light inside. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. They, you know, like you could tell neither one of these guys are detail people. Right. Like you no. can tell this is it does strike you as like, I, you know, as you're watching this, it's like this is a. A bizarre world we're living in. Watching this and saying, like, these are the two guys. These are the two that we picked out of the entire country. Like, they are the say, two
4: the, best people. <laughs> and you know, as my libertarian friends keep telling me, mm-hmm. there's a PhD from Clemson that you could all vote for, no. um, which isn't going to no. absolutely. No. She no. might get her five percent. Like, the Libertarian might become like a real party for like one cycle because she might get five percent. I, I feel I, like I don't think so. I don't yeah, think so. I, mean, I think there's too much stakes at it. But, yeah. yeah,
0: and that's one of the I think the biggest challenges for Trump here is that in 2016 he had a deficit. You know, like the, the, the Clinton deficit went from, you know, it, from about even to about seven points and kind of bounced back and forth a bunch of times through that entire year. This one's been very consistent. And but right about now, it, it was about seven points uh, in the in the in the Clinton cycle. And you could say, OK, well, look, we're basically, you know, start from right now or at the same point. Trump just needs to repeat what he did last time. And there's an argument there. However, there's a lot less, it seems, undecideds. There's a lot less be- people who are, are looking at, you know, the Gary Johnson last time. Yeah. I mean, Jorgensen seems to, ha- to have some qualifications and I I kind of like her. I mean, she yeah. seems she seems likable, but I don't think she's making a huge impact. Right. So So what do you do there? Because he's got to not only win a bunch of undecideds, he needs to win some people who are already saying they're voting for Joe Biden. This is not an easy task.
4: I think his best part of the night was when he was talking about the burning cities now my leftist friends will tell mm-hmm. me that well what do you mean by the burning cities I'm like because there's like fires in shops that they're well it's not the whole city that's on fire <laughs> right like, like, like I've got and like I've literally that got that, that, that thing hey, well it's not, no, it's not the whole city that's I've, on
0: fire right friends, I have friends who uh who live in cities and have had the building next door lit on fire and they're like well look the, the right across the street nothing happened and it's like, well, yeah, but right next to you, there's broken windows and a burning building. And there's just there's just this effort to deny that it's a it's problem. An,
4: right, yeah. It's an effort to deny there's a problem. I think he needs to focus on that. If he focuses on that, that's why he's close in Minnesota, which hasn't gone Republican since Nixon. Mm-hmm. And before that was it's hard to believe it's going to happen this time. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, it's hard to believe, but he's close. Yep. I mean, he's pulling close in all these places. And it's because he's a law and order. I think he needs to hammer that. I think he needs to re- I think he needs to have his facts. When he like like he had the line, the 3.5 billion or the 3.5 million that Hunter got from the Russians. What he didn't have is. Hunter and John Kerry's son in law started a company. And that company got 3.5 million dollars put into it. Are you telling me that Hunter doesn't work for that company anymore? (laughs) Like, Like if he had that to go back. Right. So then it's a specific. Yeah. And it's something that they can fact check and that they can look at. Like I read the AP fact check and they were actually relatively tougher than I thought they were going to yeah. be on Biden. Mm-hmm. Like, I was he surprised. He had a lot. He had a of lot. Like, I'm not news for news. the New Green Deal. Uh, about 14 months ago, you said you were for the, new, the Green New Deal. It's on your website. Uh, it's on your website. Like, 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 you said you're for Like, But that goes into the whole, you know, and maybe Trump should have said, so you are just a figurehead. You aren't really going to be, you know, Kamala's going to run the country, right? Like, yeah. like, 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 it's on your website. This is here. That kind of stuff because Joe's going to get frustrated because you could see mm-hmm. Joe get frustrated. And in Trump, it was a little bit morbid. But Trump's like, Bo's great. I'm not talking about Bo. I'm talking about Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was an awkward thing. Yeah. And, and I, he should have brought the, He should have brought the brother in, too, because it's not just right. It's not just like hunter that's gotten rich off it's like the entire biden family family. yeah multiple families you know you should bring the whole thing it's not to paint that picture
0: yeah you know and that was that part really bothered me because it was it felt very staged it didn't see no one was talking about Bo. no one was talking even about hunter at that point he brings up Bo out of nowhere totally trying to uh to pull trump into some sort of moment where he criticizes Bo. um and like that's using your son i I, like i i uh, was, I, like I, Washington D.C. I, I just like can we just. Can we just can we just push it off into the sea? I, I, if we could do that, no offense to anyone who lives there, but just like these politicians are the worst. I don't think it's going to get any better. Rob, we're running late here. Um, Rob, uh, you know he's Blaze TV's media critic, king of merch. Help him out. Help him hit these goals
4: today on the. It's got to be
0: today. Andrew Cuomo was awful. Com. <laughs> uh, go there, get the mug. Uh, Chris Cuomo was worstcom There's so many
4: great options. We, we've got we've got landing pages for everything.
0: Yeah, you do. Yeah. You do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've learn, then protest. Yeah, learn. Learn then vote. Learn, then vote. Got to do it in the right order. Uh, Get all of it there uh, as well. And thanks for giving me a couple minutes. Uh, I would love to have you back when we could do as we go through these debates because the media angles on this are just insane. It's crazy. All right. Rob, thanks again. Back in a second. I'm not sure anybody really got what they wanted out of the debate last night. Uh... It really was one of those things where I think if you're a Biden fan, you didn't really like it all that much. If you're a Trump fan, I don't think you really liked it that much. It, for all those huge uh, Chris Wallace fans out there, you might have been a little disappointed. It just seemed like a bunch of it just what didn't make anybody happy, including uh, Mark Hamill, who's, you know, he's a crazy liberal. But he uh, did tweet this. That debate was the worst thing I've ever seen. And I was in the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> just, right. Uh, pretty funny. He could be entertaining. I mean, he's a terrible actor. I don't know if you saw Star Wars. Star Wars is a great movie. I love them. I watch all of them. He's not very good in them. Sorry. Um, By the way, can I give you an issue I have with modern day journalism here for a second? This is a tweet. This is a card. They give me these cards. And this, you know, it says students America on the back. The other side, it has a little tweet right here. This is the tweet from Mark Hamill. This is the whole thing. Okay. This right here is a story about the tweet. Now, the story here, it's one page, two pages, three pages. The whole thing is just this tweet. And this is a story. It's a Newsweek week that is three pages about... The tweet about the holiday special, it goes into how, what the ratings were for the holiday special. What is the I-D- IMDB rating of the holiday special? I don't know. Well, you would know if you read this stupid article. It goes on and on and on, and the dent does the thing that I hate more than anything in the whole world. Anything in the whole world. One user likened this tweet to Trump's campaign. Another, uh, someone else quipped, blah, blah, blah. It's just people going through Twitter and just literally just copying and pasting tweets into the story. It drives me crazy. I fixed that now to move on to something else. Uh, this one's pretty amazing, actually. They, they talked a little bit about the Supreme Court last night. or they tried to. Um, it was very d- difficult to get into it. Um, but this is uh, this is an article that came out in the is actually a column uh, by Joan C. Williams. She's a law professor, very liberal, a feminist. Um, in the New York Times. And the, the title of it is The Case for Accepting Defeat on Roe. So a liberal saying, we should just accept defeat on this one, which is pretty interesting because I've never heard any feminist ever say anything like this. Um, this is how it starts. And I think I'm going give, to give you some Netflix watching to do, uh, or excuse me, HBO. This is HBO. In Unpregnant The HBO uh, show, I guess, released this month. The plot revolves around a 17-year-old heroine who travels from Missouri to Albuquerque, a road trip of 1,000 miles, because that's the nearest place she can get an abortion without parental consent. Can you believe this country? We're making kids drive hundreds of miles so they can kill children without telling mommy and daddy. This is, what kind of crazy world do we live in right now? I mean, what a, what a remarkable plot for a show or a movie or whatever the thing is. I can't wait to watch it. Um, I love this argument of, uh, you know, access to abortion because it's just all, it's, look, we couldn't possibly have a state have abortion be illegal because then they might have to drive across a state line to get their abortion. Well, Well, I wouldn't want to inconvenience you that much. I'm sure there'd be no left-wing organizations that would offer uh, rides to people to go and eliminate their children. I'm sure that wouldn't spring up immediately if this were actually to occur. Um, her argument goes on to say why. The argument is that we currently have the worst of both worlds as a liberal. We basically lost the abortion fight. Isn't it weird how we see the world differently? I feel like Roe versus Wade has no chance to ever be overturned. She's th- she thinks she's lost the abortion fight. Uh, She says, we basically lost the abortion fight. If Roe is overturned, access to abortion will depend on where you live. But access to abortion already depends on where you live. At the same time, we have people voting for Donald Trump because he'll appoint justices who will overturn Roe. Maybe it's time to face the abortion, uh, the fact that abortion access will be fought for in legislatures, not courts. And I bring this up because it's very important uh, this week that we focused on Ruth Bader Ginsburg's dying wish. As we know, we, we, we should have waited to appoint this justice because Ruth Bader Ginsburg's dying wish was this. Oh, she wanted anybody other than Donald Trump to name uh, her replacement. Well, in the article was something I had not heard. And I've heard this argument before, but I had not never heard RBG make it. She says often forgotten is that RBG herself had decided that Roe was a mistake. In 1992, she gave a lecture musing that the country might be better off if the Supreme Court had written a narrower decision and opened up a dialogue with state legislatures, which were trending towards liberalization of abortion statutes. Roe halted a political process that was moving in a reform direction and thereby, I believe, prolonged divisiveness and uh, deferred stable settlement of the issue. In the process, a well-organized and vocal right-to-life movement rallied and succeeded for a considerable time in turning the legislative tide in the opposite direction. This is a fascinating thing that happens. Um, When you don't actually pass laws and you just kind of do stuff and you kind of do it through the court, a lot of times you have problems. It's not a good answer. Uh, People get pissed off that you did that. Now, I believe that the American people will eventually recognize that it is a horror show what we do with abortion anyway, and they would have came to that same conclusion. I hope and pray that that uh, sometimes does eventually happen. But if you're going to have abortion be legal, it should be something that you have people that you've voted for, and you can hold those people accountable for those decisions, and they should have to pass it in front of everybody, not just get it thrown through in the courts. These things are not well decided when they come through the courts. The left has been trying to have this activist court for a long time. They got it in this case, but now they're regretting it. We'll have more on this uh, as it develops. Back in a second. Push yourself to the limits. Go beyond. Seek discomfort. No pain, no gain. All true, of course, but not in your pants. You don't want that. Let's get real. Like real comfortable in Tommy John underwear. With breathable, lightweight, moisture-wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands so it moves. With you, I don't want to give you a horrific visual that you'll regret for the rest of your life. But right now, I'm wearing Tommy John underwear, and they're fantastic. They're the most comfortable underwear you can possibly get. I've never had pairs like them. I love them. It's the only thing I want to wear these days. That's why I wear the same pair every single day. Now I'm kidding about that last part. Uh, the best pair you'll ever wear, guarantee, or it's free, guarantee. Best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free, guarantee. Pretty cool. It means there's no risk. I mean, you know, look, you try it out if you don't love it. Um, they're going to be free. And I, I don't know, maybe you send it back to them and maybe they send them to me. I hope that's not what happens. Pretty sure it doesn't. Get that uh, much more comfortable uh, feeling at uh, TommyJohn.com stew. Save 20% on your first order. Save 20% right now at TommyJohn.com slash stew. The slash stew part of the address is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. TommyJohn.com slash stew. It's also how you save 20%. You might as well get that 20%. It's your money. You should have it. And you should also have Tommy John underwear, tommyjohn.com slash stew. I ran to so long at the beginning of the show, I'm running super late, so I'm going to give you one thing to think about. And then we'll take it, you'll have a couple minutes to just kind of ponder it. We should think about it, internalize it, figure it out, solve the riddle, and then we'll be back in a second, okay? Here we go. A gay man and a straight woman are able to form a conjugal relationship recognized by Canadian courts. Let's swirl around, swish it around in there for a minute. Think about it. We'll be back in a second. Oh, we're at so late today. Uh, we're going to move Brian Sack to tomorrow's show, so make sure you come back and check out Brian. He's always great. Um, let's do reviews. Uh, five stars is the appropriate number of stars on iTunes. This one comes in. Love Stew. Stew is so funny in an intellectual way. <laughs> it's so true. It's great. Because it's true, five freaking stars. Uh, This show is on the bubble. I rated this stupid show one star, but your rating protection bubble defaulted to five. Meh, whatever. Five seems appropriate. It is appropriate. Five freaking stars. Thank you so much for the reviews. Go to StuDoesMerch.com if you want the uh, notorious ACB shirt. We'll see you tomorrow.